Okay. Um, so we're live now. Um, welcome everybody. Welcome to this author live with our wonderful author Rishabh Dubey. Um, I'm Ishvi Mishra and we're just going to talk about Rishabh's newly released book, Dave, in this interview and I hope you all enjoy it. So um, let me start by welcoming Rishabh. Hi Rishabh, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience please? Hi Ishvi, thank you. Uh, my name is Rishabh Dubey. I am an author from Lucknow, India and uh, I reside in Mumbai and I have written six books so far and my latest is called Dave. Uh, it's an acronym for Department of Extra Dimensional Vectors, which is quite uh, uh, self-explanatory that it's a mix of mythology and science fiction. And it has been released by the wonderful Yukioto publication. And here is the book, uh, which is the latest release. And as you can see, the great Yukioto logo is here. And Dave, as you can see, the blend of time and science fiction and mythology. So... Uh, if I can take a moment to uh, tell about the book, it's a book which blends uh, the story of the Ramayana, uh, which is one of the greatest and most celebrated epics in India. And uh, the Ramayana with science fiction, it's a very untoward blend, if uh, I might say that. And it's a very new and newly discovered and experimented blend. I've tried to blend in a few characters of the Ramayana, one of the minor characters of the Ramayana, in a science fiction story which takes place across times and across dimensions from this era to then. So it's a very, uh, uh, it, it has a touch of nuance to it. And I'm definitely, I'm sure that uh, a reader who has interest in both mythology and science fiction would enjoy it. Right. Um, I personally think that the cover is beautiful, not to brag or anything, but it's amazing. <laughs> I Like you said, it definitely brings that sort of element of science fiction and mythology and fuses it into one. So talking about that and talking about like the title itself, Dave, which like you said, it's an acronym for Department of Interdimensional Vectors, but it also means deity. It's, it's, um, it's in a way sort of like it's a parallel between the two. Hmm. So can you talk about like what was the decision behind this title before we like, you know, get into the book itself? So I think... Uh, uh, the decision is quite not related to the book. So I saw that a lot of generations today are uh, not quite uh, that much in, in touch with our uh, mythological history, or maybe I'm not saying from a religious or cultural aspect of it all, as a lot of people do, and maybe rightly or wrongly, I don't know. But I was observing that uh, there is a little detachment from stories that begin began in India, and be it any stories belonging to any religion, culture, I don't care. There are many stories, diverse stories prevalent here, and... Right now, I saw that the generation which is coming, the Gen Z or the Gen Alpha, I belong to Gen Z and the Gen Alpha, we are more accustomed to watching, you know, showy science fiction visualizations and maybe stories like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything. Right. And uh, we relate much more to that. And the idea was that when I can, if I can find a hero in Iron Man, who is a very a fresh, a very fresh concept out there, then why not find heroes and stories of old? But to do that, you actually have to reimagine those stories and see from a perspective which is more suitable for us to understand and digest. So if, if I retell this story and with uh, keeping all the, you know, all the historicities of the story intact, keeping all the uh, sanctity of the story intact, if I retell this story to a newer generation, maybe they'll go back and actually read the original story and the story would go on from there. Maybe a few versions of the story, but the story would stay intact. So that was the idea. And Dave, of course, uh, became a parallel, a namesake parallel. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, I came up with uh, the title Dave first. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, 
I, I was sure about department of vectors and it was initially extraterrestrial vectors, but the word extraterrestrial was uh, quite uh, used. And I, I'll say it, it would have been quite redundant to name a book as an extraterrestrial, using the word extraterrestrial in the name of the book. So I went with extra dimensional, which means beyond our particular dimension, like other dimensions. So that was a particular name. And it's, uh, uh, incidentally, it's the name of the department in which the protagonist of the book works for. It's a sub-department of Indian Space Research Organization. So I've been as much as you can say a nationalist, a globalist, a futurist, as well as a mythologist as possible in this small novella of 164 pages. So that's it about Dave. That's quite interesting, actually. I think it speaks a lot to how you derive inspiration, which is something I would like to talk about in a while. But before that, while we're talking about your inspiration for this book, can you also walk us through with the process of writing it? Like, when did you start writing it? How did the inspiration first strike you? And like, what was the process, basically? So I was... Uh... Uh, reading the Ramayana, and uh, there were a lot many characters. I, I had re uh, read the Ramcharit Manas uh, rendition as well as the Sri Raja Gopalachari rendition of Ramayana. So I have this habit of reading a lot of content, and then in between I take breaks and read the kind of content which I've never absorbed before. So I, I was reading science fiction, Ayn Rand, and Douglas Adams, and all this content. And in between, I had this uh, weird urge to actually absorb mythology. So I read all the 18 books of the Mahabharata and then the Ramayana. And I was quite inspired by this one particular character. I'll not name it, uh, name that particular character. Otherwise, it'll be kind of a spoiler for this book. Yes. So that one, the, that one particular character quite motivated me that that character had a lot of significance in the entire run of the story of Ramayana. And then, uh, if people might not believe it, that I saw it in a dream that that particular character is actually arising from this our time and going back to that time. So mm -hmm. this small uh, plot point came to my head and I, I the initial idea was to write a small short story about it and maybe make a small short movie about it. And I got in touch with a few of my cinematic, cinematographer friends and I told them this idea and they said it's a good idea and but there's no market in the video content world out there. Right. Uh, so I, I realized that a lot of books were being published about mythological retellings like the Shiva, the uh, Meluha trilogy and everything. So I thought that why not uh, like take some space in that huge domain, in that marvelous domain and uh, retell this entire story from the perspective of this particular character whom I like so much and whom I want to amplify through a science fiction retelling. So that's the idea uh, which came up. And the process of writing, my process of writing is very simple. I keep 10 cups of coffee and I start writing. And uh, I generally begin in the middle. Because I think the, the beginning and the end are two big parts, the two essential parts of the story to actually write uh, from the start. Like I don't start with the end or start with the beginning. Earlier I used to start with the end. Now I think that uh, as I build up the story from the middle, I reach the end and then I start from the beginning. So it actually completes the story in a circle in which I want it to be narrated to my readers. So it amplifies both the beginning as well as the end. Right. That's actually, that's quite interesting. This is something, I mean, every writer has their own process and like, looks like you are so in tune with your plot that you're able to begin with the middle or the end as you please. So that's quite interesting. And that's also proof of your history with writing itself, because like you said, you've already released six books. I think you released your first book when you were 18. 
So um, talk to me about like your history with writing. Is it a passion that you've always had or is it something that you just started doing at the age of eight? I was, I think, 11 or 12 years old. Uh, since my childhood only, I had this affinity of creating characters in mid-air and actually conversing with them. And my, uh, no, uh, no offense to all, uh, anyone out there in the world, but my mom actually told me that you're schizophrenic. And uh, so I was like, uh, okay, I don't know what that term means. I saw the, uh, that movie, uh, Beautiful Mind, quite later in life to understand what, what is schizophrenia. But I had this affinity of creating characters. And at a point of time, I was too frustrated. I, I was a lonely child. I was introverted as a child. I became extremely extroverted as a grown-up. So <laughs> that was, there was a transition. But I was uh, very introverted at a point of uh, time in my life. And there on, I started writing and meddling with characters. And I started writing fan fiction first and ended up creating horrible content for people to look at. And then I realized that uh, instead of this, I should create my own universe. So I started writing this book called Krikos, The Vertical Horizon. And I was 14 years old when I started writing that. And uh, from 14 till 17, it was uh, just writing that book and going through my examinations and all and uh, my 10s, my 12s, everything. And then after that, I got rejected for a long time. I think when I was 16 and a half to 17. Then I picked up another concept called the Mango Man, which was my going to be my second book. And my first one was rejected completely, purely and you know, on its face value. And also on the fact that I was merely 16 years old. So people didn't accept it when they, when they saw my profile. So I went, went with the Mango Man and actually I toned down my language a lot from Krikos. That was one of the suggestions I got from one of the editors of a publication house. And I toned down my language, make it, made it more simplistic, um, realistic, added a few slangs here and there. And I created a story which was a political satire mixed with fantasy. So of course, as you can see the pattern there, fantasy is something I'm more akin, akin to. And I created the Mango Man and I published it at, at the age of 18. So it started at 11, kind of. Okay. That's uh, that's brilliant in my opinion. I mean, the fact that you were writing throughout your board exams or throughout the school years, I think that's that's something I think every child sort of dreams of. And I feel like everyone has these humble beginnings. So like you said, you started by writing fan fictions, but like you are here with six books published. So that's a great feat, uh, Rishabh. And I'm sure you're proud of it. And I'm sure your readers are as well. But um, sort of um, talking more about your history itself, you've written in multiple genres. Definitely fantasy is something that you dwell uh, in a lot. But you've written, like you said, political satire. You've written um, like mythology right now. You've written science fiction. But when we look at this book, it's sort of a mixture of these genres, which is something I think that the world is definitely seeing a lot these days. So you'll see a lot of books with, historical fiction and fantasy or just history with fantasy or like like you've written mythology with uh, fantasy so did you sort of realize that this revolution was going on in the world or like what was your decision behind you know releasing a book with sort of a mixed genres so uh, of course uh, everyone would realize any big bibliophile would realize there is a revolution going on but when i wanted to write this book i was not looking at the genre so I, I don't generally understand that there's a genre I'm looking at. I decide a particular scene and then I realize, then I start to understand what is realistic or unrealistic in that particular scene. And there are a lot of things which are a lot many realistic uh, 
uh, written works also contain that are maybe not that possible in that world that that in, right. they are quite incredible but still they have written it and it's being accepted as realistic so as an author i don't uh, pre assess the genre in which i'm going to write i end up writing more of fantasy and i think that's more of my internal innate affinity but uh, when i start to write a work i just want to tell the story which is there in my head and it bothers me a lot i'm unable to sleep if if a story is linger in my lingering in my head otherwise i'll again be uh, a zero schizophrenic i'll again be talking to characters which i don't particularly mind i enjoy it but people around me start to think that uh, he needs uh, some kind of counseling so <laughs> that that's uh, that's something i try to avoid again no offense to anyone i'm just saying out of complete jest and uh, when i wrote dave uh, as you mentioned it's a mixture of a lot of genres so my first book was a mixture of political satire and fantasy my second book was uh, purely science fiction which was going to be my first book then i also wrote an anthology of poetry and science fiction so that's one of the weird mixes which i had then i wrote uh, a, a multi author compilation i started started this initiative in which there are stories by different authors including my own stories and it has both uh, satire fiction non fiction even biographical accounts then i wrote another anthology which is completely biographical so i i have written in all i've panned across all kinds of genres which i know about and i'm going to pan in more in the coming time so yes this one is very special to me because it's a like blend of as you mentioned blend of numerous genres not just mythology and fiction or fantasy yes. numerous genres are there in this one so this one is quite special to me and it's short as well so mm-hmm. i have i don't know how i've kept it so succinct yeah i i did want to ask you how was it easy for you to like write it in such a short way and i know there are more books coming in in this series but still having like i mean you've highlighted so many important events in ramayana and even though what i really like about the book is that you've not really mentioned the names as of the of these characters as they appear in the ramayana text itself mm. but it's they were they were recognizable you are able to understand who's who what's going on and also you've highlighted like these huge events which which took hindi serials like seasons to like cover <laughs> so how did you do that I don't know there was kind of a short summary in my head which I wanted to project so uh, I made I made out a plan for the book as you can see the all all the chapters are named is why and there's a special reason for that I'll not reveal that reason and that reason you're going to discover in the third volume of this book and uh, all the reason uh, all the chapters are named uh, starting with the letter y and I jotted down five particular chapters and uh, I decided that I'm going to go with a novella because I didn't want it to be a, as i mentioned i wanted the new generation to read it and the new generation has a very short attention span mm-hmm. and if i'm writing long uh, elongated science fiction uh, tellings then of course not a lot of people are going to pick it up just on the basis of its uh, width right. or its bulk so i wanted to keep it short and i mm-hmm. realized that there is a whole domain of novellas which i can leverage and i wanted to write a novella i wanted to keep it shorter than 30000 words and that was a target all along but while writing this book i actually did not have to put in any amount of effort to mm-hmm. achieve that target when i started writing i had the story completely you know to the point in my head completely figured out and when i started writing i had kind of a mind map and uh, as i mentioned i started at the beginning i started with the ch- third chapter i think that is yagya and i started with that chapter because that is one of the stories of kamban ramayan which is one of the 
uh, existing ramayans out of thousands of ramayans which exist in india so kamban ramayan has that particular chapter which other uh, books don't have other renditions of the ramayan don't have so i wanted to include renditions different versions of the ramayana in one book and as you said including just one ramayana in one book is impossible and so i started with that and then i moved on to the next two chapters and then the first uh, two chapters so that's how i began and i think uh, i could do it effortlessly thankfully i don't know fortunately maybe <laughs> due to circumstances that's amazing and also definitely looks like there's a lot of research that has gone into the book as well which i definitely wanted to talk about more because you you describe these technical terms and all these physical <laughs> things that i mean some things did go like bounce off my head but i i did understand them like i feel like you've, you've written them in such simple words that it's something that we did understand and it's so it's not just about the science fiction elements which also includes time travel right because time travel is a very tricky genre because you know there there can be so many plot holes in there but i feel like you've sort of um treated that very well and also ramayana itself because you've also brought forward characters that people might not know as in especially gen z might not know much about so um when it comes to research like where where do you start like how does it begin is there a process when it comes to research yeah, so when writing science fiction i think uh, the simple research is that uh, uh being an engineer i have access to ieee and google scholar so my basis of research is google scholar what i do is uh, science fiction you cannot create science out of thin air so that's the first uh, law of science fiction as i said why have i uh, called this book a fantasy as well because a lot of things are science created of out of thin air so like edgy wells's time machine is now not considered science fiction in the science fiction research society of the world uh that's a big bummer for a lot of science fiction fans who think time machine is a marvel of a science fiction book uh, so uh, the point being is that traveling to the past has been uh, proven wrong has been rebuked by a lot of researchers uh, quite recently so when you have research papers backing or refuting a particular hypothesis that's where science fiction gets approved or negated to a certain extent so right. there's a percentage of approval or rejection to that so what i do i try to uh, think about certain concepts and i see if they have certain grassroots and ex- existing hypothesis or not if they do have it then they become an element of science fiction because you extrapolate existing science to some paradigms which we have not achieved yet like if i say 100 zeta bytes of memory then of course we can have 100 zeta bytes of memory because now we have uh, nano chips nano memory and it can be expanded but we have to have uh, memory chips i think uh, which have to be million times smaller than the current microchips mm-hmm. so that is one uh, constraint but that is not a scientific constraint that is experimental constraint right. so we we can produce it eventually so a scientific constraint is when it's completely negated completely improbabilistic there is not even a 0.001% chance so that's how i come about science fiction how i research science fiction whether i can write this or whether it will be looked down upon or scorned at by regular science fiction readers when it comes to mythology as you mentioned the research went about in creating these uh, euphemistic uh, renditions of the characters where i wouldn't name the characters but mm-hmm. i would uh, denote them through special uh, you know special call signs for them and which the readers would relate to and definitely they would identify them with those call signs but i did not want to actually offend because these uh, characters i'll not say characters 
these historical figures have been quite uh, uh, sacred for a lot of people and i think a lot of lot of my family members find it quite sacred and um, people are quite attached to them so i did not want to offend anyone so my research went about majorly in not meddling with the facts not writing something which did not actually happen at all mm-hmm. and not writing anything which uh, so i i did what i experimented with the plot holes the parts which were not talked about maybe the nights which were not discussed the few hours which were missing from that so i used those plot holes to construct the story that this particular thing was happening at this point of that journey of that journey of ramayan of lord ram and his uh, entire journey towards uh, ram setu so that particular journey and i used those time time spans to create the story so my research went about more like uh, normalizing the content to a more acceptable fashion right um i think what you're describing definitely you know is evident to how research and writing sort of goes hand in hand and looks like you've you've made a great use of it so that's amazing and obviously um like you mentioned you don't want to talk about the chapters themselves but i would like to discuss the names of the chapters so the there are five chapters in the book yatra yug yagya yudhya and yantra so even though we're not we, we will try to keep this spoiler free but i feel like these chapters definitely speak to the journey that the protagonist takes from the first chapter to the end so is this like i mean i just want to discuss why you decided on five chapters i know it was a novella definitely speaks to that but five chapters and these five words especially i cannot tell you about the five chapters part because that's also a spoiler so okay. uh, the number 5 is quite significant as uh, there's a mention of uh, battle of a uh, n number of kings yes. uh, towards the towards the later part of the book and in that battle that five has a great significance and that five even later after that battle has uh, much uh, i think it it'll have a greater significance when you find the third book because third book uh, i'll give you a little spoiler the first book is the past the second book is a little in the middle of the present and the past and the third book is the future so uh, but the future from a mythological point of view so that's something which has never been done so i'm trying to do that and uh, that has the number 5 as a very important aspect of it and the number 5 is a very important part of the journey of the protagonists if i may say there is not going to be one so there are going to be a few more uh, in the books to come so uh, naming the chapters specifically with these words as you see uh, they define as you mentioned they define the journey of the protagonist which is dr matangali radha swami and uh, his journey throughout uh, time dimensions through his uh, struggles and uh, through his mental state in that particular Uh, situation where he encounters you know things which he had he had never witnessed before and then uh, he is in in a kind of a conundrum so these chapters had to represent his conundrum throughout the journey and as you can see the first three chapters are more turbulently named than the last two right. so uh, that's what i wanted to do uh, with the chapter names and there's going to be more such conundrum in the books to come so uh, right. waiting <laughs> okay so the three things that we know about future installments in this series is that first of all there are going to be multiple protagonists and um, the time period where it's going to take place and obviously just everything that you talked about so i mean um, that's why very interesting definitely the audience will 
will want to uh, get to know what happens next um but like just talking about like your interest because it it definitely seems like you've always had a passion for writing you you've had a passion for reading it seems like which has sort of like really you know has acted like a catalyst to uh, you like having published six books but something that i also want to talk about is that you're also a musician which is amazing mm-hmm. i mean i can see the guitar at the back so <laughs> I mean, uh, you definitely dwell into different art forms. So, do they ever inspire each other? So, just does your music inspire your writing, or your writing inspires your music? So, the first piece of content I ever wrote was called uh, "The End of the Change," and uh, "The End of the Change" was a song uh, which I wrote on my guitar, which I performed uh, in my school as well, and uh, it's actually uh, the. the wordings of the song include the word krikos and krikos was the name of my first book and that end of the change has been included as a chant as kind of a cantos and krikos that book okay so music for me is kind of a bolster for my writing fiction and because i think any era which you are defining it will not be free of music and you have to understand uh, in in movies and pictures and um, i think uh, cinema or ott when it's quite easy to signify music musical elements because you have background music background score playing and then you have songs in between but in books to signify a musical you know musical journey it's quite difficult so uh, you cannot give background effects you cannot even write some onomatopoeia which is denoting some kind of a background it will be funny and not good funny so uh, in in books you have to be quite rhythmic with your language quite rhythmic with the way you define your chapters quite rhythmic with your content and maybe at some points of time you can add some kind of a song uh, in those so no, not in this one but definitely i have a song which is in the making right now which i want to include in uh, the second part and uh, there's going to be a song it's kind of a chant again because i want that song to fit the context and not be completely out of the blue out of nowhere so it's kind of a chant and that song will be an essential part of that book it will be kind of a motto which will be signifying the essence of that book so that's that's how i relate music and otherwise also i am also i also have the hobby of playing songs and playing covers and you know entertaining myself with music so that part is also there but majorly it's to bolster my passion for writing okay i think uh, what i really like about this conversation is that as we go further in you give us more and more spoilers about what's going to happen <laughs> in the next installments so i mean i'm sure your readers are definitely like squealing right now so uh, that's <laughs> amazing um also i just wanted to talk about the publishing process for you you've al- already been published by multiple publishing houses how was your publishing process like for this book for the it was quite uh, new quite fast in fact quite paced up i have uh, i have worked with uh, I, i'll not down, downsize any of the publisher but uh, it was a great experience i think it was quite fast quite new and uh, quite forward looking as i may say because i'm getting a, a one of the news which i got i'm getting a blockchain certification for this book for a time stamp so that was a, that was something uh, which i which i've not seen in uh, other publishers and i encourage other publishers rather than downsizing them i can tell them to be you know to buckle up and you know catch up to this new tech, new persistence of technology which is happening so this uh, uh, the new uh, array of features which yukioto has provided me with was actually appalling 
and surprising to an extent and it was quite a fast process because i think this book book was picked up not more than 3 months ago 2 2 months ago i guess and the entire editing process the entire design process the entire you know content toning down or the interior for matting and everything was happened uh, without me i was in isolation of it without me it happened it happened very fast so i was quite flabbergasted with the entire publishing process so thank you thank you you keep it up i'm i'm glad that you've had a smooth process with us we are um, getting a few um, audience questions which i will address at the end of the interview so just sit tight sure. um while we're talking about publishing i also want to talk about this new venture um about um i'm sorry just give me a second so this global initiative that you've taken that is um The, the voices, voices of, of silence. silence yes your publishing platform so uh, tell me about that because i mean it looks like you you've been in this business for a while now i mean six books in three more books coming so what was the idea behind this initiative and why exactly did you try to do that so we had a, a literary event which i was a part of uh, it was a poetry night at a place in lucknow and there we found a few poets and authors who wrote in hindi as well as in english some in urdu and some in uh, you know local dialects maybe local versions of hindi like avadi and they all were looking for publishers and uh, they were all looking for magazines they were not looking for any kinds of payment they they were just uh, they just wanted their content to be out there for the people they did not want to invest a lot of money because they did not have it and they did not want any kinds of returns because it was their passion and they wanted to first push it and create a kind of an audience for themselves and then maybe you know go straight towards the path of commercial publishing so there uh, there and then i had this idea i was i think maybe on too many coffee shots and uh, <laughs> i had this idea this enthusiastic this vehemence rose from within me and i was sitting with a friend of mine his name is wes and uh, he is also an author so both of us uh we thought that uh, i think we should uh, ask all these authors we should uh, distribute we should go to, up to the mic and we should tell them our email ids and we should ask them to send forward their content if they are so willing and uh, of course along with that content they'll send some kind of a note that this is content by this is such such author and cannot be used or used because people are quite uh, possessive about their content there's a lot of content theft which goes on right. and uh, that is why blockchain certification so <laughs> yeah. yeah so <laughs> that uh, theft is going on so uh, i told them and uh, the very next day we received around 60 70 mails and we woke up to it uh, a total of a cumulative of 60 70 mails both of us had received we went through a lot of content and took a lot of time because i was in college back then i couldn't manage a lot of time and uh, after going through a few poems i realized that this should be out there but uh, how to bring it out completely cost free so i thought that maybe what i'll do i'll uh, finance i'll self finance this content for them i'll self finance a series for them and i'll scrape up whatever money i have because those were my college days and me and ves uh, my fellow fellow partner in this i'll not say crying fellow partner in this whatever it is this initiative and we both scraped up the little pennies we had and we decided that we'll bring out one prototype copy of this book in the next 6 months and we started reading the content going through it normalizing it serializing it we added both of our stories and contents as well and then we came out with the book instead of a prototype we actually released the book we sent them their copies 
they called us they mailed us they were quite happy with it with the results of it and uh, we also promised them that uh, if there are any surplus royalties and the ones that uh, we have invested and the amounts that we have invested then we'll definitely distribute them because we always wanted to promote uh, the process of writing and the process of publishing books and the actual passion of writing so that was it but after that we realized that uh, a lot of more mails were coming in a lot of people had bought that book and towards the end we had mentioned that you can mail and at that time it was not a sure shot initiative that we were go- we were going forward with and uh, after getting so many mails we were quite motivated to start having events of the voices of silence okay. and uh, the voices of silence denotes of course uh, the numerous authors who are living in silence who, who don't have an audience to listen to them because of maybe financial issues social issues lack of access and opportunity so that that's what the entire title denotes so uh, we had literary events completely sponsored by the voices of silence books we had literary events poetry nights and everything for such authors many such authors came to us and we had online sessions with such authors and it was quite fun and since the lockdown we had only one session and we want to launch uh, another book uh, because we have a lot of pending content i don't think more than 20 uh, submissions can be included in one book but we have more than 200 submissions which we have uh, on the tail on the tail end and we we haven't even had the time to look at most of those submissions mm-hmm. so we are going to revive that initiative uh, because because of the lack lockdown and the financial crunch which was happening all around none of us could actually concentrate on uh, working on it uh, consistently but we're going to revive it and we have a plan for this year november for launching another volume of it so that's where the idea came from 10 coffee shops i i mean that's a great initiative definitely stands for solidarity in the writing community because i mean we're living through a pandemic and people are trying to express themselves and whatever they are feeling their emotions through art so it's definitely quite interesting that you know you you want to give these uh people their voice which is amazing and all the best for another um anthology that you would be releasing and i hope it's a great success uh so talking about your future plans not just with your initiative but also with your books um we uh, we know there's two more books coming out in the dave series but what what's ahead for you because you're so young right now and you've already written so many books you're doing so much for the community so where do you see yourselves in like you know 5 years and 10 years what all books are you thinking of releasing so i have two books which are completed one is called the religion called pragmatism so i wanted to cover more like a non fiction story and it's a literary fiction narration uh, uh, amalgamation of all religions which emerged or existed coexisted in india for the past 2000 years so that's called religion called pragmatism it's not historic it's a story of the present time uh, and uh, then i have a story called the big earth so uh, i happened to visit an orphan uh, sorry an old age home Uh, back in 2017 and that's where i saw the miserable condition that our octogenarians and senior citizens are in a lot of uh, younger generation people have forgotten them and that's where i got this idea of writing a story completely dedicated to old age homes and people living there their stories the stories that again the voices of silence there that nobody is uh, paying heed to so those kinds of stories and i started visiting this particular old age home talking to a few people there and then uh, uh, getting their stories getting their insights about life because they have a lot to tell they've experienced much more than i can even imagine right now and right. then they are there in those small rooms and uh, 
I I don't dare to sympathize with them because it's offensive to them because they have had a, a humongous journey, a celeb, a journey deserving celebration. So I don't sympathize with them. I just want to celebrate their stories and I want to give them the uh, the respect that they deserve. So that's one book which is complete, The Big Earth. And then I have a sequel to Cry Cause, which is called Air Cause: The Origin, which is in the works. I have a sequel to my book, The Mango Man, which is called Dawn of Alfonso. Alfonso being the mango, and <laughs> That's also in the works, and uh, then I have a sequel to my biographical book, The Idiosyncrasies of Life, and then two planned sequels for Dave and one for The Voices of Silence. So those are uh, the things which I have on the literary side of things. Other than that, I want to be in the next five years. I think I want to see myself uh, at the back end of a Netflix OTT being made on one of my books and uh, sitting with the uh, the director, cinematographer, and not assisting them being abused by them because the content is not matching what i have i've written the book and then uh, maybe after 6 years if i may say that 6 years when that particular thing is released i want to be you know i want to channel my inner narcissism with comments such as the book was better than the movie so that's what oh. i that's what i plan in the next 6 years but again please netflix grab some of my books they are great for making all video content and the movie can be better than the book if you make it well so that's i'll true. completely help so that that's where i see myself in the next 5 6 years i see i mean those are big plans but definitely looks looks like something you have already set in motion so i'm not only hoping but i'm pretty sure we'll be seeing your face on netflix and your books turned into movies or you know series or something like that um soon and i'm quite excited for it uh, frankly so um talking about um your um, experience and what do you want to do in the future i mean would you like to give some tips to aspiring authors who might be watching this interview as to how to tackle these things because you've written in multiple genres you've been writing for a while so yeah just some tips uh i'll i'll begin by saying that when i when i wrote the first content the first piece of the first chapter maybe the first paragraph of my life it was pathetic it was so awful that if my readers read it today they'll like quit reading my books so i started there and it just comes with practice with doing it all over again doing it again and again maybe uh, you know there are chapters and thousands and thousands words worth of content which i have deleted from my books which i don't think is worthy and it is something which is a necessity which you have to do as an author you have if you want to create this perfect brainchild of yours you have to go through a long and tedious process and i think if you want to be an author or if you think that you can be an author maybe you don't have the passion for it but you have the capability for it both ways if you have the passion not the capability if you don't have the passion but have the capability or the perfect and the most ideal the utopian scenario that you have both the passion and the capability should just start writing now it'll hardly take you 30 to 45 minutes each day to write something or the other maybe write a small biographical account of the day and then figure out how to create a fictional account through that because you experience something Uh, some miraculous events throughout the day and some believable event, events credible events throughout the day if you write them down you understand that how to create a story for a third person from a third person perspective for a specific character if i can write a story about rishab only then i can write a story about uh, dr matang leeladhar swami because i have to imagine his environment uh, is internal and external uh, you know threats and maybe uh, weaknesses and all those things i'll be understanding only after i start writing so i uh, my only suggestion is don't wait 
there is no perfect moment when there'll be a, an enlightenment above you, enlightenment above you because uh, there is uh, this is 21st century kalyug as i may refer to the ramayana and make a slight meta referencing here and there is no bodhi tree which is going to give us enlightenment right now it's a very fast paced and if i may say cruel world out there and uh, there is going to be no enlightenment there is going no going to be no sudden change which, which is going to happen so you have to start as early as possible if you have the passion for it the desire for it then start now write rubbish content and you know when you look at look back at that rubbish content 6 months down the line maybe 5 years down the line or if you are quite blessed with talent maybe even just a week down the line you'll laugh at yourself and you'll be proud of yourself so laughing at your past and being proud of proud of your present so i'll just say start writing that's my only advice start writing that's very well said uh, rishabh and it also feeds into one of the audience questions that we got and they said that i mean you've been writing so much so have you ever experienced writer's block and how do you go through with it i think writer's block is quite underrated because writers always have a block there is there is no seamless writing if i may say because uh, when i've written a particular chapter and i go back to read that chapter i 99% of the time i'm not going to statistics most of the time i tend to dislike it because what i have written is not up to the mark of my uh, if i'm uh, if you can recall i said dream i dreamt about this character uh, of zeev so that writing is not up to that dream and it's not matching what i imagined and i'm always disappointing myself so it's about how less you are disappointing your imagination because words are just words they cannot be perfect completely you can uh, never be even shashi tharoor cannot find the the perfect vocabulary for creating the perfect story even shakespeare couldn't he invented words to be near perfection which we have to interpret now so uh, yeah so writer's block is something which you encounter almost all the time you there are uh, dialogues which you cannot uh, you know express you have them in your head maybe you have them in some other language <laughs> so you'll not able to you'll not be able to interpret them and create that kind of an impact in this particular language because especially with this book most of the lang- uh, most of the dialogues of the ramayana are in hindi yes. and original ramayana is in sanskrit right so creating that kind of an impact which those dohas and sothas had mm-hmm. in that particular book with my narration my tell tale was kind of difficult and i disappointed myself mm-hmm. but i wanted to disappoint myself as least as less as possible so that i can create a near perfect story so it's writer's block is incessant it will never stop you'll always have a writer's block but it's all about having the will to fight through that frustration mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe going out for a walk having a cup of coffee or if you don't like coffee a cup of tea or whatever is your cup of tea so uh, having that and spending 15 minutes here and there and then getting back to it because a book will not write itself mm-hmm. and writer's block at the end of the day will just be an excuse so to battle it you have to create bad stories again again and again disappoint right. yourself lesser and lesser with each bill which each, each con- construct so that's how you conquer writer's block right so uh, what i'm understanding by your words is that the more you write the more you are able to get through it which is i think exactly. an amazing advice and definitely evident to um, your writing history because if you were if you had not battled with your own writer's block you you would not have six books published already so that's exactly. amazing <laughs> the other question that um, someone has asked you is what are the writers that you look up to my favorite writer uh 
Mr. Isaac Asimovify may dwell into science fiction then of course it's Isaac it's, it's a close tie between Isaac Asimov and Douglas Adams Isaac Asimov because of his uh, psycho history theory and his characterization of uh, Harry Seldon I'll not dwell into it more I, I'll become a geek then <laughs> other then Douglas Adams because of his series called Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy yes. and it's a it's a science fiction uh parody it's not even a parody it's a hysterical science fiction mm-hmm. and he said that when people are imagining space and planets everybody is so serious so damn serious all attacks aliens and everything destruction end of the world and post apocalypse and everything i'll imagine the universe with funny elements an, an alien who looks funny or maybe an alien who does something funny a planet which is funny a circumstance which is funny so that kind of writing i love the most other than science fiction my favorite uh, realist writer is ayn rand and uh, she is i think uh, grasped the essence of capitalism communism socialism and all kinds of political ideologies through her romantic and maybe realistic and i'll say dramatic narrations in atlas shrugged we the living and found in it so ayn rand of course all time favorite and then uh, when coming to science fiction which is my preferred genre then isaac is more than the satires right definitely looks like what you have read has also inspired what you write which i think is also amazing but i think we this was a great conversation uh, rishab and i really hope with your book dave and also the further installments i really hope that the um, kids of this generation you know they get to be in touch with their own culture with just text from their country uh, which is i think a great initiative so definitely a shout out, a shout out to you for um, you know trying to bring about that change because this is something that is that is like it's not an underrated thing it's something it's it's a revolution in itself which is amazing so um why are you talking about that would you like to announce your giveaway right now yeah so i have two copies of dave and since we are in the midst of pride month right now and happy pride month Uh, a big shout out to everybody and a big shout out to pride month and sadly pride is not being celebrated openly in the streets because of lockdown and covid restrictions yes. and this is second year so it's unfortunate but uh, i'm elated that pride month is has come to india india has been very inclusive in the past 2 3 years and in this pride month i want to give away two copies just for getting these two signed copies with a special message dedicated to the that particular reader who's winning this for winning this you have to enroll in this special contest uh, just go to my instagram account which is prideous k r i d i o u s and click on stories there's a particular trivia which you'll encounter about pride and you have to answer that question there's no right or wrong answer just your interpretation of that question and you you may get a chance to get a signed copy with a special message just for you so that's my giveaway two copies of dave are going to you okay, well i hope you don't mind if i enter this giveaway as well and i really sure, sure. win <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> uh, but i had a wonderful time talking to you today rishab and a great shout out once again to your book dave which you will be able to find on ukyoto's website and also on amazon so i'll have a link um in the description and we'll put this all over on facebook and instagram so you will be able to uh, get your books from there so i hope you had a great time with us and i hope you had a great time rishab talking about the book amazing i had an amazing time yes would you like to like uh, say a few words to the audience a few words i think uh, i'll never summarize things in few words but i'll just say that keep reading keep writing and i think 
you shouldn't be demoralized by this disconnect from this world uh, because of the pandemic uh, there are stories all around dwell into stories actually keeps you involved keeps your mind floating through this, these endless universes and when you dwell inside stories you're not just inside this world or just this room you're inside this whole plethora of universe this endless universe which you can you know swim through and find your own characters find your own you know things you correlate with things you empathize with so i think uh, i'll just say keep reading keep enjoying keep watching movies netflix keep spending time with your family keep spending time with your loved ones and just uh, buy my book if possible so that, that's that's Definitely. my <laughs> definitely so i would uh, i would also like to say this to the audience that i've read the book and i feel like the visual imagery in the book is amazing so it will definitely feel like you've been transported to an alternate universe where you're seeing these events unfold so definitely check out this book and thank you so much for joining me and rishab uh, in this conversation today and i hope everyone has a good time and thank you so much again rishab i hope you have a good day as well Thank you is we really same to you and same to everybody at UPUT. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll leave now. Bye-bye. Bye.